Chapter Twenty Three of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Unwritten Page. The New Year gathering was a great success, and justified Esmeralda's boast that she would organize an entertainment which should be both original and striking mademoiselle was not admitted to the secret conferences for she was to be surprised with the other guests but she could not shut her ears and would not have done so if she could for the sound of the music which rose to her ears was too melodious to lose one and all the o'shaughnessys possessed beautiful singing voices and though the carols which they rehearsed were simple in themselves they were practised with a care which made them a joy to hear over and over again the major made his choir repeat a certain phrase until the diminuendo or crescendo was rendered to his satisfaction until opening and closing notes sounded together to the instant and due expression was given to every mark music he loved and over music would spend time and trouble which he would have grudged in almost every other way but he rubbed his hands with satisfaction when the last rehearsal was over and boasted gleefully that for carol singing not many choirs could be found to beat his own by eight o'clock the girls were dressed and strutting up and down the hall to exhibit themselves to the gaze of their companions bridgie wore her coming-out dress not so white as it had once been but carefully chalked at the worst places and swathed in lovely old lace round the shoulders esmeralda sported a pink moire dress which had once belonged to her mother with a voluminous sash of white muslin since nothing more elaborate was to hand a wreath of roses out of last summer's hat pinned over one shoulder with all the crunched-up leaves ironed out smooth and flat and white gloves cleaned with benzoline until you could hardly tell them from new she was a vision of elegance or looked so at least to the ordinary observer for when a girl is eighteen and a beauty at that she is bound to look charming whatever be her clothes at nine o'clock the guests were asked and the hour had barely struck before they began to arrive the sound of horses feet was heard from without wheels drew up before the door and in they came one party after another having driven across country in the cold and the dark for five for six and in one instance for ten long miles but arriving fresh and radiant for all that and brimming over with good humour mademoiselle thought she had not seen such a merry assembly since leaving her own dear land or heard such a babble of tongues every one seemed to know every one else and to be on terms of closest intimacy and affection every one talked at once and exclaimed with rapture and admiration at the preparations for the entertainment it was easy to amuse such a company and dancing and games were carried on with gusto in the long drawing-room which had been prepared for the occasion and looked comparatively festive with great fires burning in the fireplaces at either end soon after eleven o'clock the different members of the o'shaughnessy family began to slip out of the room 
but almost before their absence was noted the major was ringing a bell to attract attention and marshalling the company to the far end of the room at the same signal two servants entered the room turned out the lamps and drew aside the curtains from the mullioned windows through which the grounds could be seen lying white and still in the moonlight there was a rustle of expectation among the guests for evidently something was about to happen something appropriate to the day and hour yet what it could be no one had the ghost of an idea that was the best of those dear o'shaughnessys a smiling lady confided to geoffrey hilliard no one could tell what they would be up to next they were different from everybody else and their ways were so much more amusing and charming than the ordinary stereotyped usages of society hilliard agreed with fervour and found an additional proof of the assertion as one by one a picturesque band of carolers entered the room by the farthest door and took up their position in a semicircle facing the audience they were uniformly robed in black with cowl-like hoods hanging loosely round the face and each bore a stick on the end of which waved a brilliant japanese lantern the lights lit up the features of the singers and seldom indeed had the beautiful o'shaughnessys appeared to greater advantage than at this moment jack's handsome features and commanding stature made him appear a type of young manhood miles for once forgot to grimace and pat's misleading air of innocence was even more guileless and touching than usual as for the girls esmeralda looked like a picture by rossetti and bridgie's halo of golden hair was more bewitching than ever in its sombre setting no one looked at pixie until the signal was given and the choristers burst into song when she came in for even more than her own share of admiration for the treble solos were without exception given to her to sing and the piercing sweetness of the young voice moved some of the more emotional of the audience to surreptitious tears several carols were sung interspersed with part songs suitable to the occasion and then the singers formed up in rank two and two and at the major's request the guests followed their example making a long procession in the rear another song was started something slow and plaintive in tone its subject being the dying year with regret for all that it had brought of joy and gladness and to its strains the procession started on a strange and charming expedition down one long corridor unlit save by the cold light from without and the warm flicker of lantern ahead along a deserted wing where dust lay thick on the walls and the faces of departed ancestors looked down sadly from their tarnished frames finally down the circular staircase from which esmeralda had had her first glimpse of geoffrey hilliard and so into the great hall beneath at the end farthest from the door the major halted raised one hand and called aloud in slow solemn tones prithee silence he said that was all prithee silence and at the sound there was another flutter of excitement among the guests the hands of the clock pointed to four minutes to twelve 
and it was evident that the last item in the charming programme was about to take place ladies moved about on tiptoe mounting the first steps of the staircase or standing on stools to ensure a better view men moved politely to the rear there was a minute's preoccupation and when the general gaze was once more turned to the doorway it was seen that a significant change had taken place in the scene against a backdrop of screens stood the figure of an old man a very old man it would appear since his back was bowed and his head and beard white as the snow on the ground outside his brown cloak hung in tatters and he leant heavily upon his staff a deep-toned ah sounded through the assembly and showed that the onlookers were at no loss to understand the character which he was intended to represent the old year murmured one voice after another then a solemn hush fell over all as the clock ticked out the last minutes and through the opened door came a blast of icy air and a few flakes of snow blown inwards by the wind only another minute and then there it came the slow solemn chiming of the clock on the tower one two three good-bye old year what if you have brought troubles in your wake you've brought blessings too and sunny summer hours four five six dear old friend we are sorrier to part with thee than we knew we have not appreciated thee enough made enough of thy opportunities if we have ever reproached thee thou hast cause to reproach us now seven eight nine going so soon we were used to thee and had been long companions and of the new and untried there is always a dread good-bye old year take with thee our blessings and our thanks our sorrowful regrets for all wherein we have been amiss ten eleven twelve it is here the new year has come and to greet its arrival such a clashing of bells such an outburst of strange and jangling sounds as fairly deafened the listening ears molly grinning from ear to ear was running the broom handle up and down the row of bells outside the servants hall mike was belaboring the gong as if his life depended on his exertions the stable boy was blowing shrilly through a tin whistle and the fat old cook was dashing trays of empty mustard tins on the stone floor and going off into peals of laughter between each movement perhaps it was owing to the stunning effect of this sudden noise that what had happened at the doorway seemed to have something of the quickness of magic to the astonished onlookers but a good deal of the credit was still due to the casters on which the screens had been mounted to an ingenious arrangement of strings and to many and careful rehearsals certain it is that whereas at one moment the figure of the old year was visible to all at the next he had disappeared and the sound of that last long chime had hardly died away before another figure stood in his place no need to ask the name of the visitor it was once more patent to the most obtuse beholder 
a small girlish figure with dark locks falling loosely over the shoulders with a straight white gown reaching midway between the knees and the ankles and showing little bare feet encased in sandals a few white blossoms were held loosely in one hand and in the other a long white scroll the page on which was to be inscribed the history of an untried path pixie's face was white and awed for the solemnity of the occasion and the poetry of the impersonation alike appealed to her emotional nature and there was an expression upon the plain little face which was more impressive than any mere pink-and-white prettiness as more than one of the onlookers remarked with astonishment who could have believed that that child could look like that cried geoffrey hillier to mademoiselle and that young lady tossed her head with an impatient movement why not pray if pixie is not pretty she is something better she is spirituelle for it had come to this that mademoiselle could not endure to hear pixie adversely criticised and resented a depreciating remark as hotly as if it had had reference to herself at this point the formal programme came to an end and the guests hurried forward to shake hands with their hosts and thank them over and over again for the entertainment which they had provided while the choristers shed their monk-like robes nothing after all but mackintosh cloaks with hoods cut out of black calico and appeared once more in evening dress the way was led to the dining-room where refreshments were spread out on the long table and there was much drinking of healths and exchanging of good wishes for the new year every one was hungry and happy and mademoiselle's cakes and jellies were much appreciated but esmeralda sighed as she looked around and ate sandwiches with such a pensive air that hilliard demanded the reason of her depression this she sighed holding out the half-eaten fragment on which was plainly circled the mark of small white teeth it hurts my sense of fitness we should have had boar's head and venison and a sheep roasted whole we have some lovely old silver dishes which would have held them but the but was significant and she raised her beautiful shoulders with a shrug those days have departed we have to be content with sandwiches now there's no limit to one surely hilliard replied gravely we will keep this plate to ourselves for i am prepared to eat a very good half and you must be hungry after your exertions i can't tell you how much i have enjoyed this evening it will stand out in my memory as unlike any other i have ever spent i shall often recall it when i am back in town when when are you going back asked esmeralda with an anxiety which she made no effort to conceal not very soon i hope jack goes to-morrow and that is quite enough at one time oh i do hate the end of the christmas season every one seems to go away in a fortnight or so pixie will be off and mademoiselle with her it has been so delightful having a visitor in the house and she's been so kind and useful she made most of the things on the table to-night all those pretty iced cakes ah yes 
very clever i'm sure said hilliard absently it was easy to see that he had no attention to spare for mademoiselle or her confectionery and presently he added in a lower tone there is no immediate hurry for my return i can just as well stay another three or four days but i must be back in town before this day week i fear there is no getting out of that glue queried esmeralda saucily they were sitting together at a little table behind most of the other guests and she lay back in her chair looking up at him with a roguish smile glue glue principally it is a very uh, engrossing occupation returned hilliard nobly resisting the inclination to pun but i think it could manage without me for a few days longer and perhaps we could have another ride together there's a meet somewhere near the day after to-morrow shall you be there esmeralda hesitated seized with a sudden mysterious disinclination to say no a desperate longing to say yes and yet and yet how could it decently be done i don't know it's bridgie's turn we have only one horse between us and i've been the last three times i don't like to ask her again it seems so mean but if you did ask she would let you go she would not mind taking her turn later on oh no or not at all for the matter of that there's nothing bridgie wouldn't give away if anyone else wanted it she's an angel it's just because she's so sweet that i am ashamed to be selfish i can understand that but just for once if you were to ask her very nicely to change places with you this time because uh, because hilliard hesitated and pulled his moustache in embarrassment because you <laughs> yes that's just it what can i say because what laughed esmeralda gaily then suddenly met the gaze of a pair of deep blue eyes twinkling no longer but fixed upon her in intent earnest scrutiny and flushed in mysterious embarrassment because it was my last chance and i had asked you especially to be there because i had stayed on purpose to have another ride with you that's the true reason so far as i am concerned i'm sure if you told miss bridgie the truth she wouldn't have the heart to say no esmeralda looked down at the table and crumbled bread thoughtfully she was by no means so sure bridgie was enough of a mother to take fright at such an open declaration of interest she would not be so rash as to repeat the conversation verbatim but go to that meet she would let bridgie refuse ten times over let every horse disappear from the stable go she would if she had to borrow the peddler's pony and ride barebacked all the way such was the mental decision aloud she said languidly don't know i'm sure perhaps i may be too tired i'll see when the time comes and stretched out her hand to beckon pixie to her side hilliard smiled quietly he had an extraordinary way of seeing through esmeralda's pretenses and he welcomed pixie as genially as if the tete-a-tete -tete were of no consequence in his eyes 
well little white new year are you coming to sit down beside us have you had no supper yet i am sure you must be hungry after all your exertions let me wait upon you now in return for all the pleasure you have given me by your charming singing but no pixie refused to sit down or to eat any of the good things pressed upon her for once in her life jellies and creams even meringues themselves failed to tempt her appetite for she was feasting on an even sweeter diet that of unlimited flattery and praise as she strolled to and fro among the guests she was greeted on every side with words of commendation for her singing her charming impersonation of the character assigned to her and by the more facetious members of the party implored to smile kindly upon them to promise her favour and to remember their especial desires it was not likely that she was going to sit down in a corner of the room with no one but her sister and that stupid mr hilliard who did nothing but stare at esmeralda as if he had never seen a girl before she shook her head as he pointed to a chair but lingered a moment to allow him to examine her costume and pay the proper tribute of praise it's charming quite charming so simple and yet so effective those few loose flowers are much better than a formal bouquet and the scroll who made the scroll it is most professional and i see you have a pencil hanging by the side white to match the rest he lifted it as he spoke and made as though about to write but at that pixie drew back in dismay no you mustn't be careful you must be careful it won't rub out she walked hastily away and the two who were left looked at each other half sad half smiling for the words went home with a meaning deeper than any which the speaker had intended to convey be careful it won't rub out repeated hilliard slowly that's a good motto for the new year i don't know that one could have a better i shall remember that and the scroll all white and unmarked i wonder what will be written there before the year is done a great deal i hope a great many happenings i am tired of jogging along in the same old way i would like a sensational headline in big print and that as soon as possible cried esmeralda recklessly poor esmeralda the day was near at hand when she recalled her words and winced at the remembrance in sorrow and misery End of chapter twenty three